Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to run the bases. This is Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you? Good, sir. Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you doing, Tucker? Doing well. How was the symphony over the weekend? I know you took your granddaughter for her very first symphony orchestra. I can't tell you how magical that was. Very nice. Very nice. Well, good. Good deal. Kind of a chilly day Monday here in Atlanta, Georgia. And leading off, got to give love to uh, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks, passed away last week at the age of 83. Um, Coach, what is your fondest memory uh, about Mr. Cub? I don't even want to say a fondest memory, but I think what the Chicago Tribune said uh, yesterday that he led the league in love of the game. Uh, that That's he nice. Would, uh, and I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but that was, uh, that was, uh, you know, Ernie Banks. But that said, I, I think of Ernie Banks and Hank and uh, Frank Robinson and Willie Mays. I think of them all kind of in a uh, collective scoop uh, as <laughs> such. And the uh, that makes you know, and I, I saw a film of uh, Hank, uh, I mean, as all of them are reacting to a brethren uh, in Ernie Banks dying, uh, that, and Hank was walking with a cane, and I'm thinking uh, it's not too far for any of these other guys. I mean, it is these giants of the game, uh, sincerely giants of the game, uh, they're really getting old. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the sad fate for all of us, but absolutely correct. Um, you know, the thing that about uh, Ernie Banks that you're, you're just probably never going to see that in this day and age. He played his entire career with the Cubs, never made the playoffs once, you know, two-time MVP. If you think of a player today that had his kind of talent, you know, playing on a perennial loser, they'd find their way out of town. You know, I can't imagine somebody – being, uh, yeah, that devoted to just love playing the game so much well, and loved his team that he would, you know, just, I, I just want to play here, you know. The difference is that with free agency, uh, Ernie is coming in at, uh, by the time free agency is there, he's, you know, 35, 36, so it's not the same. Well, that's true. You know, but I mean, it reminds me a lot of uh, Dale Murphy, which was, you know, one of the greatest Braves that I can think of in Atlanta history. You know, he he, he stuck it out through the, the 80s, um, winning two MVPs, uh, very similar. You know, it's it's a yeah, he's just a great ball player, you know, a true, true great, great person. You know, I, I will certainly uh, think fondly of uh, all the history of Ernie Banks and Mr. Cub. So, well, that brings us perfectly into uh, this week's big topic. We are uh, doing a fundraiser, a Kickstarter crowdfunding project to create a Running the Bases uh, website. And for those who have been following us, you know that we kind of uh, like to delve more into the human interest side of the game of baseball and, you know, take on topics that go a little bit deeper than just what's going on and certainly go away from sabermetrics and more into you know, the players that are playing the game and the, you know, the great years, the great teams, so on and so forth. So coach, real simple question as we uh, do this fundraiser this week, why do you love baseball? 
Wait a minute. That's supposed to be a simple question? Um, uh, no, it's not. But uh, just give us give us what comes first. I mean, you know, word association. You love baseball and why? Baseball has done so much for me in my life. I mean, and it's... Uh, and I recognize that this would not be true of so many people. Uh, baseball stopped me from doing drugs. Uh, I mean, baseball gave a connection between my son and I and made us closer. Uh, baseball gave me, at an early time, a way to make uh, personal uh, associations with other people. It gave me a way to be gregarious. It gave me a way to be uh, convivial uh, with my fellow man. Uh, baseball fed, made me a romantic. It gave me the uh, a, a way of looking at life that turned that turned my literary and intellectual existence in a particular way that guided my uh, my existence as a teacher, not just as a coach. I mean, it, it, it made me who I am. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, okay. Anything else? Yeah. <laughs> um, as you moved on in life and stopped, you know, uh, went on to other jobs and then ultimately your your longest career which was as a English teacher um what did you love about following the game and watching it and, you know just pick some some bullet points because I know you and I could both expound on that question for hours um just I, watching I the game I guess just watching the game uh Beyond anything else, baseball is a beautiful thing. You can say whatever you whatever you want to say about the uh, precision and the uh, artistry and the uh, the kind of um, skill that it takes beyond uh, what is normally accepted in a in the human experience, it is a beautiful thing. When you first go to a major league ball game and you see those white lines extending to nowhere and the immaculately uh, coffered green field, uh, the, the players dress in their uh, uniforms that are uh, so white that it's blinding. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And the artistry with which it takes to be a great ball player, we've talked about this before. Oh, sure. There yeah. is, I mean, the the turning of a double play, that's ballet. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, hitting a baseball that's thrown 100 miles an hour, that's bending and everything, and it's only 60 feet away. This has got to be the most difficult feat. And uh, it's the most difficult feat, period. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the You can work out for a while and climb a mountain, but... You know, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, you can go to med school for seven years and become a doctor. And you'll never hit Sandy Koufax. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, but 
it's all just such a beautiful thing. I would have to agree. Uh, my earliest memories, uh, you know, I, I consider myself lucky across the board as far as a human being in my existence. Um, but when I was a kid, I was a kid here in Atlanta, Georgia, and, you know, I turned uh, eight years old in uh, November of 1991, which uh, was the worst of first year for the Braves. And then, of course, you know, for the following 13, 14 years, we were always in contention, winning divisions, you know, uh, the home of three, now three Hall of Fame pitchers, um, one Hall of Fame manager and a future Hall of Fame third baseman. So um, I don't know if there was any way I wouldn't be a baseball fan, but for all those same reasons and more, it gave me such a direct connection to my grandparents. My grandfather was a, a a part owner of the Birmingham Black Barons at the tail end of the uh, Negro Leagues. Um, you know, he was not the smartest businessman, so he bought a product that sadly was uh, going out in fashion with uh, the major. You know, with the after you know this is years after Robinson breaks the color barrier, but he loved the game so much that that was something that he just wanted to be a part of, and. Uh, my grandfather and my grandmother, both on my mom's side, lived in Birmingham, Alabama. They watched the Braves every single night that they were playing on the Superstation. Didn't matter that it was, you know, the 70s and 80s, and they were absolutely terrible. But they watched every night faithfully. Grandmother's favorite player was Dale Murphy. Um, I remember giving her Dale Murphy baseball cards as Christmas gifts just because I knew that that's what she loved. And it was a, it was a, it was like uh, such a bond between uh, myself to them. And uh, I'll never forget um, the first time I went to a Braves game. I, 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 was, I had no idea what was going on. I, I must have been only six years old. But I just knew I liked it. And then, <laughs> you know, I just knew I enjoyed watching it. And then um, as a game to play, it's such a wonderful concept of a game that echoes that there's no time limits in life um there's no time limit they're not going to suddenly call time um normally i don't know i guess there was that one world series in 93 that they thought about calling it after five hours or something but um i've always gravitated to the vast concept that if you continue to play to a tie you could play forever and um, as just a fan of sports in general, it's always been my favorite. There's a uh, Kinsella novel, uh, and what, what is the name of this? It has something to do with uh, American Indians and uh, the United Baseball Association or something. I, I can't, a confederation or something, but about a game that goes on for centuries that never ends. Uh, that is somewhat echoing what you're saying. Uh, baseball is a, is timeless. Uh, it doesn't have a clock. It doesn't have... Uh, it's the only sport that even uh, when you go into extra innings, uh, that doesn't have... Uh, there's no such thing as sudden death uh, <laughs> or anything. It could go on for... It could go on forever, and that's part of the beauty of the whole thing. I agree. Um, you know, so we're in the 
year 2015. And uh, what do you enjoy about doing this podcast? Because we've been doing this podcast for more than a year now. Um, you know, I just speak. Why Why do you enjoy doing this? Why do you allow me to come in here to your home and <laughs> record you? <laughs> the uh, somewhat amazingly, uh, the uh, I, I look to talk about baseball. Baseball has given me more other than the birth of my son. Baseball, and <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I would have to say baseball and uh, the profession of teaching and the gift of literature. Those three things have had kind of an equal impact on who I am. And to sit and talk about it at my ancient age today, I'm okay with that. I can do that anytime. <laughs> and I appreciate that. And I know that the folks that listen to us regularly must appreciate it as well. God only knows why. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, the whole the whole point of the, the furthering of this podcast and creating a website is the fact that that poetry and literature seems almost lost on the national landscape of um, baseball coverage, especially on the internet. I mean, do you find yourself ever going to a game and saying, oh, wow, look at that defensive range. Look at all those runs saved. <laughs> the, uh, I went to a game last year and uh, the and saw uh, Simmons make a play right in front of him that on a short hop and turn it into a double play that was a beautiful play. and But it was a play that was not out of the range of any average war player. <laughs> uh, yet it was a play that Simmons made with ease that uh, six out of nine players wouldn't have made. And I thought to myself, blank you, Brian Kinney. <laughs> uh, the, uh, even though he's one of your darlings, uh, I was thinking that watch the game. Uh, play the game. Um, the, uh, I, I know, I mean, I played in the middle of the infield, not very well at any time in my life. I was terrified uh, of the uh, middle infield well, position. I, I, that's where I played primarily. And, uh, well, and I played a lot of third too. But, I mean, all of that was, uh, and I, I was brutal. I thought of myself as a hitter and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, and watching that play be made, I was thinking that was just, that was artistry. That was, uh, that was Renoir, 1870 France, <laughs> you know, and that was uh, that was Gaudi in 1912 Barcelona. That was that was beauty. That was just beautiful. Yeah, I I, I could not agree more. Um, really couldn't. I never once watched. Any player and thought like, man, look at that war. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been able to bring myself. But to that such a said, thing. that said, you know, go, you know, you go, uh, Mike Trout. I mean, what a great ball player. What you know, and, but that and, is the thing is he's just a great uh, and, ball and sure, player. Sure, he has 
a, a great war sats. His war is better than anybody else. And uh, you know what's his name? Uh, the left-hander in in L.A. Uh, Kershaw. Kershaw. Uh, I mean, you know, he's he's you know he's the closest thing to Koufax I've ever seen. Uh, you know, and I, I'm I'm love looking at you know if their war is like beyond belief. Uh, all right, okay, they're they're but you didn't need that. You could just like watch them play. Yeah, you can just watch them play. And I think that um, what we do here is really kind of unique, if I may, that we go into that. And, you know, like I talking about that we did a podcast on the year 1930, you know, the greatest year of the hitter and how the National League batted over 300 and how you'll never see that ever again. You know, that's a stat right there, sure. But there's a story behind it. Um So if you go to our Facebook page, um, which is simply Facebook, for those who have it, search Running the Bases if you're not liking it already, um, you'll find the link to the Kickstarter. Same thing on Twitter. We are at Running the Base, no S at the end of it. And you'll find the Kickstarter link as well. And you can go check out. Kickstarter is a great website. I've done crowdfunding for others before. I think it's really well designed. Um, There's different levels of uh, pledges that you can make and there's rewards for all the different levels. And, uh, we want to do this, um, as soon as we can to really allow us to expand on what we do here. And, you know, coach, you taught literature for 30 years. Um, you would consider yourself a pretty good writer, I would guess. I'm average. Yeah. I'm better than average. I would say. But if given the, the, the opportunity, I, I got the punctuation down. Okay. That's good. That's a good start. But if given the opportunity to write an, a written piece about a topic that you were passionate about within the construct of baseball, you would put some time and effort into that, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, as would I. And furthermore, you know, with a, a, a website, we can start bringing video pieces. Uh, something that is part of American tradition is the stadium tour. You did this in 1991 with your son. Oh, I, I can't explain there there's no way only a father can understand how great it would be to take your son to ballparks minor league ballparks major league ballparks the hall of fame and we're not talking about just regular major league ballparks we're talking about yankee stadium and fenway and i mean all of these iconic uh, cathedrals of America uh, and share that experience with them. Uh, th- there can't be anything greater for a father to share with his son. I, 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 well, if there is, I'm unaware of it. I would have... <laughs> if there is, it's probably illegal. <laughs> or not... PG to PG-13. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I, I've i traveled a lot in my uh, years on this planet, especially post-college, and uh, for work um, mostly. And I always look at the places I'm going. Uh, is baseball going on, and how can I catch a game? And that's taken me to seeing a, a, a Diamondbacks game in Arizona and a Mariners-Tampa uh, Bay game up in Seattle and Birmingham Barons where 
they were playing in Hoover and now they have a new stadium um, in the heart of downtown and, you know, going to college in St. Louis, as much as I'm <laughs> detest the Cardinals for always beating us and everybody else in the national league, it was a great thing to be in St. Louis for those years and experience that kind of fan support and, knowledge and 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 so on and so forth. Years ago, I went to a Gatlingburg's Smokies game. <laughs> uh and it was it didn't have much effect on me. But then maybe 10 years later, my son is playing in a tournament in the same stadium and uh hitting a line drive a, a triple down, you know, in uh, Gatlingburg Stadium, my my son hitting a triple is worthy of tears in itself. <laughs> but it was uh, a, I, that I I felt like I I would I had been enveloped into a Norman Rockwell painting. Uh, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was what America is all about. Yeah, America is about sharing experiences uh in culture you know we want we want the shared experience i mean even the the growth of the internet in this country and social media as it exists today it's all sharing a common thought if you will and i'll always remember you know i i we've debated (laughs) we've spent episodes debating about our local braves moving to cobb county um i did make memories at turner field i may be in the minority but i did um, my father and I, you know, the, when the did stadium, you make more memories at Turner Field than you did at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium? I did because oh, see, well, that may be a difference because I made so many more at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Oh sure, yeah. I I, I mean I I don't doubt that at all. I mean I I my I didn't start going to games at Fulton County regularly until '93. So from there you have. Um, you know, four four years, and most of the big moments there I watched on television. But the thing about Turner Field was that that was the first, when they moved there. Dad and I bought season ticket packs of ten games, so there were always ten games every year that I went with my dad to watch baseball. And along those ten years, we had a whole routine. We'd go park at Underground Atlanta, and we'd eat at um, Lombardi's, which is I don't think there anymore. Um, and you know, we go to, then we, then we'd shuttle over to the game and then come back and then we might get an ice cream on the way home or, you know, this is 10 times a summer that we would do this. And then when I got older, if he couldn't go, I'd take a friend and it would be the same experience. And they were seats down on the third baseline and, you know, lower level back when it was only $30 a seat, whereas now it's 95, um, and I made memories there, and I would feel the same way if I lived in Birmingham and saw the Barons ten times a summer in Hoover Stadium. I would, you know, it's it's, it's it, you you make that connection. It's so uh, visceral. First, the so. first foul ball I ever caught was in Tampa when I was staying with my aunt and uncle during the summer so I could play RYL leagues there. And I caught a foul ball by Billy McCool. He was on deck before Pete Rose was coming up. <laughs> uh, and this was, uh, you know, like AAA 
uh, International League at the time, baseball. Uh, the uh, and I I completely understand. Uh, my I mean, and what you're saying about Atlanta, uh, I mean, what you're saying about Turner Field was there with Atlanta Fulton County Stadium with me. I you know I was certainly I was there at the first game, uh, and uh, I, I don't. I, I was out of school. I, I know I was there at 12 o'clock, and I, I'm running across the interstate because uh, Mike Herb and I didn't know how to get to the, the stadium. But uh, <laughs> we we were there by, like, before the the park opened, like at 5 o'clock, you know, or something. I remember going to uh, Leb's, uh, a restaurant, uh, and so I could, like – glance at Hank Aaron eating fish before a game, <laughs> uh, which was his uh, kind of uh, Wade Boggs tradition, you know, uh, as Wade Boggs ate chicken uh, fillets or Chick-fil-A's. Uh, the, Probably uh, chicken fillets. Uh, Chick-fil-A didn't exist, I think, you know, the, and certainly but, not in Boston. But, but Bad Henry ate... Uh, he ate at Lebs, and I was like, you know, there's Hank Aaron. Uh, uh, the same sort of thing. I mean, uh, I did. My my father died early, but uh, the the whole father son spherical sort of thing did exist between my own son and I. Yeah, I you know, and 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 that's the most classic um, connection I think in in baseball. But I'll tell you, I, there was a summer '95, summer of '95 that um, my uh, my mom and dad took my middle brother and I to San Francisco to visit a friend and vacation there for the summer, and we went camping in the redwood forest and you know went to the arcade at Santa Cruz and it was awesome and San Francisco was great. But my favorite moment was we went to Candlestick Park for a baseball game, and more than seeing. You know, Barry Bonds and Deion Sanders had just been traded there, so there was that added element because I was a was certainly right. a, a primetime fan, Neon Dion. Um, I sat in next to my brother Jonathan, who really doesn't care about, or at that point really didn't care about baseball, never really followed it, certainly not to the links that I did and still do. But he and I sat and we talked, and we talked about comic books. And, you know... I can't think of anywhere else, especially today, that you make an, you make the time to just have a conversation like that. You know, you go to a baseball game with your friends, your brothers, your family. You got three hours, and you know the pace of the game allows for conversation. And a lot of people think that it's too slow and that that's a bad thing. I certainly do not. I think it's a great thing. I think that the conversation that's allowed. And, and and where everybody's there together and there's a common interest, we're going to root for the home team, just as the song would tell you to do. That that's something that I you know I don't I don't think about going to basketball games and you know oh, I can't wait for that one timeout at the five minute mark because then we can talk about you know whatever. Um, but so the, uh, this 1995, my brother and I don't get opportunities like that because he's two years older and he has his friends and I have my friends, but we found a time at a baseball game to talk about comic books. And I just, I remember that. I remember things like that throughout my childhood. And even now, 
Um, you know, I'll never forget. I've never caught a foul ball, but when I was going to college in St. Louis, I went to a game with some of my fanatical You've Cardinals. You've never caught fans. a foul ball. I've never caught a foul ball. That's kind of sad. I know. Well, I don't know. I, there's still time. There's still hope. Um, I've had them come really close, but I've never I don't even one. want to say that figures, but go ahead. <laughs> it's all right. I'll allow it. I, I accept. I accept who I am. Um, but this one game. The Cardinals are playing the Mets at Bush Stadium 2. And uh, we were there early enough for batting practice. And uh, the Mets reliever, Denny Baez? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, okay, th- I remember. he threw me a batting practice ball. <laughs> and it was, a, it was awesome. It was like, and I still have that particular ball. And being with my friends was the whole point, even though I really never want the Cardinals to win personally. Um, and then uh, the, that stadium, you know, they knocked the, uh, the, the Bush Stadium to the concrete donut down to build the new one that they have now. I made a connection to that stadium as well. And I was sad to see it go, even though it was like Fulton County. It was not a great baseball stadium. But the moments I had there made it great. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, yeah. I, in, I don't know if it's 68 69, I'm in aisle 301, uh, row 2. That is the second row right behind the the second row in the upper deck right behind home plate. Willie Mays is up. It's a foul ball that is coming right at me. I am like, I've had time to figure this out. I'm going to catch this ball with my hands and cradle it into my stomach. It will not bounce anywhere. I'm not going to catch this ball artistically. I'm going to catch the ball because Willie, Willie Mays is hitting this ball back to me. It is a perfect backspin. I know how it, there's no way I'm going to bluff this. The guy right in front of me jumps up, leaves his feet, touches it with the tip of his index finger and knocks it down to the lower deck. I want to throw him following the ball. I want, there is never in my life have I wanted to bring malice to anybody as much as I did at that moment. But that was an Atlanta Fulton County Stadium moment. And it was uh, a, a part of who I am. It is, uh, it is baseball. It is the moment. It is the, the, the place. It's all wound into one. And it's a story. It's, that's a story. And I think that that is what we will continue to do and hope to continue to do beyond the recorded podcast, but in written pieces, video. Um, you know, we want to keep bringing these stories uh, to the baseball fans out there both casual and fanatic because it's 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 that story it's the connection that connects us to the game and 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 it's why we watch and why we follow so well thank you coach and there, once again, well, I, there is oh, a communion between all baseball fans whether it is written or oral or ural or any way you want to look at it there is uh, we are all connected in some in that kind of uh, visceral sort of way. 
and and to applaud the stats it is part of it for sure that doing uh the the who who's the great um she was a columnist political writer on the Ken Burns baseball that talks about doing the 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 Doris Kearns Goodwin yes uh and one of the uh wrote one of the greatest memoirs uh wait until next year that I've ever read yeah. I, I'm saying this as an English teacher uh and I be an AP English teacher. One of the greatest memoirs I ever read was from Doris Kearns Goodwin, let alone uh, her biographies of different presidents and whatnot. Well, and in and in this uh, on the Ken Burns documentary, she talks about doing the, listening to the games and doing the uh, keeping score. And then when her father comes home, she can recount the whole game just by. The, the different numbers that she kept on the line score. And that's part of it too. You can read a box score from a hundred years ago today and get a sense of what happened. Um, and so you got to go underneath the numbers. And um, I know that we're going to continue to do that no matter what, but we want y'all's help to, to further this along to, to, to launch this website. So again, the Kickstarter is running the bases website. Um, you can find the link on our Facebook page and on our Twitter page. Uh, on Facebook, if you're not a fan of the page already, just search "running the bases." And then on Twitter, you'll find our uh, our Twitter handle. However, it's proper terminology. I've never really known, uh, but we are at running the base. And check out the Kickstarter. Please donate, pledge, and send it to other fellow baseball fans that are interested. And we'll spread this good word and continue to bring you good, insightful, entertaining content. So, Coach, thank you very much, good sir. Thank you, Tucker. All right, and thank you all out there in SoundCloud listening to us on iTunes. We're coming into home. Have a good night.